0: He's a well-respected high school football scout Known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary The coach, Keith Miller He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst
1: Craig Craig Biggins
0: Together they bring you the transparent truth The world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews The transparent truth (laughs) Ha ha! Welcome, welcome! You're now listening live to The Transparent Truth! It's your boy, Coach Keith. I'm here with my guy, Greg Biggis. What up, GB? What up, Keith? How you feeling today? We got a special day. We got an uh, a extended broadcast. We got a jam-packed show. We're talking recruiting news. We're talking an off-season all-star team or our off-season um, super team, 2018 class and underclassmen. We got our sleeper of the week. We're talking legendary Long Beach Poly and losing their JV team because of participation. Public versus private schools. Find out where the public schools are going wrong at. We're going to talk a little bit through that. We're going to have our final thoughts, have our social media drops, and we got a special announcement that we're going to let out to the entire world before we get off air today. So take a ride with us. It's Coach Keith. It's my boy Greg Biggins. The Transparent Truth Recruiting Report. It's time to rock and roll, baby. GB, we got some recruit news. What you got for we us? We
1: do. We do. Not not a super active week, but still a lot of special players making some big decisions. Start off with a guy who we've been following for a long time, Isaiah Smalls. Dorsey High School. Isaiah Legendary Dorsey program, LA oh, yeah. City section. Going to Oregon State. Yep. Uh, really happy, really proud of Isaiah. I've been watching him since he was at Venice. Big receiver. Kept getting bigger, kept bulking up, getting yep. stronger. Uh, Maintain that athleticism, though. I like him a lot. Going to Oregon State is going to fit in really
0: well in that offense. Break down Isaiah for me. You know, Isaiah is just a big body kid. About six foot three and a half, six four. Uh, long arms, long stride. As you said, he was kind of a lean body when he started a few years ago as a sophomore, but developed physically, put on a little bit of weight, kept his athletic ability. Smooth route runner, hands catcher, natural with the ball. Uh, really like him as a guy working in the middle of a defense, creating mismatch versus safeties, separating versus linebackers. He's going to be a great fit. For our Oregon State team who who looks to develop their passing attack, kind of as they move forward, their dual threat quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Nice week for Arizona. The Wildcats got a couple new commitments. It's off of Mackenzie Barnes. We kind of teased that one last week. I mentioned he was down to three schools Oregon and Washington State with the other three. Didn't visit Oregon, did not visit Wazoo. Kind of made it think. You know, pretty good chance Arizona's gonna go ahead and steal the deal with this guy. Um, McKenzie did do just that. DB Guru Kid, a 6'1 corner, 175, 180, lean, feet, uh, technically sound. I think it's a great pickup for Arizona. We'll take his trips. So if you're a Wildcat fan, still gotta be a little bit nervous. You never know. uh, But a nice pickup for Arizona for sure
0: prototype 6-1 mm. long arms I mean the NFL is looking for those guys in droves right a guy that can move his feet turn his hips challenge all routes over the top and underneath hey you need those types of guys to defend the red zone to defend versus these bigger receivers like Jalen Hall at Long Beach Poly Arizona getting a good commitment but again he's gonna take his trips He's finally going to get out a chance to go see Wazoo and a couple other places. But uh, come into the Wildcats early. Good for him. Good for them.
1: Also, Mikey Irving, the big D tackle, 325, 335-pound load in the middle, formerly of Chaminade, now at Calabasas High School. Mikey went ahead and committed to Arizona. He's a plugger. He's a guy who probably fits inside in in a 3-4 scheme. Uh, Probably needs to get a little bit more athletic. Uh, First time I saw him was at a UCLA camp a couple years ago. It looked really, really good. UCLA offered him. uh, Junior season uh, was just okay for him. So I think this year is big. He's got to step up. Calabasas, uh, again, that's a great fit in terms of, you know, he's going to play. He's going to be counted on as a, as a leader in that program. Uh, Calabasas actually has a pretty decent defense coming back around him. Reggie Hughes on one end and uh, a really nice-looking secondary as well. Uh, but Mikey Irvin going to Arizona again. You'd love, love to have that size. You cannot coach or teach 6'3", 340. So uh, two nice pickups
0: for the Wildcats. You know, Mikey is a guy I saw when he was a freshman. He was about 290 pounds and about six three. And uh, loads of tons, loads and tons of potential and, and ability. One thing that has always bothered me a little bit with Mikey, he's never been in the type of shape that he needs to be to be as, a, as effective as he needs to be on a football field. I think once he gets into a college program, and hopefully this year at Calabasas, yeah. he, he can drop a few pounds, Put his body in the condition where he can go both ways and still be effective and be a difference maker in the interior for his football team.
1: Yeah, I talked to Casey Clausen early in the week and he, and he said he's seen the he's seen the strides. He's seen him you know get Good. it done in the weight room and, and now uh, shoot if not he might move to offensive guard. I mean he's got a, an offensive guard body. Uh, I'm not saying you can't be uh, you you can be out of shape play offensive guard because we know we we'll don't give those guys some love too. But uh, a two way guy, a nice job for Arizona. Uh, also uh, a new offer for the Wildcats picking up Jake Peters. Really cool. Story, Santa Margarita Kid missed his whole entire junior season uh, ruptured his Achilles tendon. Wow. I just you say your Achilles tendon just I just immediately that's such a sensitive area. Sure. Uh, coming off a very good sophomore year, Washington offered him, and I, again, guy whose big things were expected. Uh, Arizona, he's got some ties there. His dad played there. His mom went to school there, so no Arizona is a school that he likes a lot. Uh, he's kind of waiting on a UCLA and a Colorado offer. Both those two schools are are on him too. But so Arizona was pretty active this week. Another commitment, Romeo Dobbs. L.A. High School in Jefferson, a receiver, James Finley. My guy, Fin to win, has been hyping him up all spring, all summer, Saw him in Vegas, liked him a lot. A lot of quarterback film when you watch his junior film, but when you see him out there in that city as a receiver, Romeo can go. Uh, nice pickup for Nevada. Had an offer from Rutgers, took a visit to Rutgers. Uh, liked it a lot. Him and Jalen Chapman went out there actually together. Uh, but he said, you know what, want to stay closer to home. East Scott kind of had a nice little relationship with him and his family and his coaching sure. staff at L.A. Jefferson. So right now, Romeo Dobbs is going to Nevada. That's a steal for the Wolfpack.
0: That long arm, terrific catch radius, big hands, a guy that's an explosive route runner, can get vertical, can also work the edges and and, and underneath the hash marks, Um, just a really good target for a quarterback who's pulling the ball out of a play action zone read fake to hit a guy on a 15-yard deep out. He's a guy that can run a route, get in and out of his breaks with his length and his catch radius, can extend up and over defensive backs running vertically. Like him as a good pickup for Nevada. Jay Norvell getting it done yeah. here in Southern California. Yeah,
1: and Brandon Mello, Cal, keeps hitting that offensive line. That's their fourth offensive line commitment. Brandon Mello is a Northern California kid, huge kid, 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, uh, some at the Nike camp in Oakland, want to see him quicker, want to see him improve his athleticism. Uh, definitely has the toughness right now. He's a pretty solid run blocker in terms of playing in the Pac-12 and in Cal system. Got to be able to move those feet. Got to be able to slide laterally, all that good stuff. So, uh, again, nice job for Cal. Getting the guys where it counts the most, right up in the f- trenches, is where you guys got to. That's where we win football games, and I think Cal's definitely made a priority. Justin Wilcox to do a nice job recruiting
0: both sides of the line right now. You got to win in the trenches. Everything starts in the trenches. I don't care how good your receivers are, how good your defensive backs are, your quarterback doesn't matter if you cannot get the guys up front blocked. Just go ask USC when they played against Alabama. They could not block the defensive line, and their the quarterback got terrorized the entire game. As a matter of fact. He lost his job, and he transferred. <laughs> okay? You got to get the guys up front blocked. And on the flip side of that, you got to be able to put pressure on the passer from a four-man or three-man line. You know all about that watching St. John Bosco play against Mater Dei last year.
1: <laughs> Two guys getting pressure up front against them. Yeah. Uh, don't, don't mention Colorado State too often, the Rams. But you know what? They got a kid who, for me way underrated, way under recru- recruited. I saw this guy recently. I I've sleep on the guy. I should have seen him a year ago, but Quinn Brennan, playing for Bishop O'Dowd in Oakland, Napoleon Coffin's program out there, going to Colorado State. This is a guy, I turned the film on, safety. This guy's got everything, every box. He's 6'1", he's tough, he's athletic, he's rangy, he's making plays in the passing game, he's coming up in the run support. Uh, I think seven or eight picks last year. He's tough, aggressive. I mean, I, I love this kid. He chose them over Boise State, which has kind of dominated, you know, that Mountain West Conference last last couple years. So, Quinn Brennan is a guy who, again, we have way underrated after watching the tape. This guy is one of the better safeties I've seen out West this year.
0: You know what? From the Bishop O'Dowd program, one thing that I've noticed over over the last few years, and I don't know how long Coach Kaufman's been there, but they come out with not only really good athletes, but really good kids. Mm -hmm. Guys who do things the right way, who are focused, who are driven. They get guys out every year on scholarship, and they're high-quality football players, high-quality people. I can respect that. I know Coach Kaufman is a, is a big spiritual guy. Uh, he, I, I believe he's a pastor in After the church. Pastor Kaufman, yep. So I think his, his demeanor and his values are extended to his football program. Really like what they're doing in terms of developing players and developing people. Excellent job. Shout-out to Napoleon Kaufman out there at Bishop O'Dowell High School. Let, let's stay with
1: the Bishop O'Dowell program just, just for the heck of it. Uh, Austin Jones right now our top running back out west in the 2019 class picked up an offer from Arizona State Austin Jones for me tremendous talent he's going to be easily uh, a top 50 player in the 2019 national class and Napoleon Coffin has been raving about this guy for a couple years so remember that name Austin Jones he's going to be racking up offers already at double digits they're coming They're coming fast and furious for him uh, Ethan Ray uh, on a little bit of a sour note one of our top tight ends made the move from Servite right over to Orange Lou uh, tore his ACL he's out for the season unfortunately Again, that was a big guy who we thought was going to make a lot of plays for the Lancers this year. Him and Ryan Helinski were already hooking up, uh, going back to the 7-on-7 circuit. So, Ethan Ray, hopefully a speedy recovery. I know that's a guy that we both like a lot. Sure. Uh, and a couple of underclass offers to throw out there real quick. Alabama went to De La Salle High School. Uh, Spartans, that's not a bad little program out there in, in Concord, they California, right? They play the right? football in there, they, right? they can do some things. Yeah. Linebacker, Henry Toto. Henry Toto. Big-time guy. Big-time guy. And Isaiah Foskey, at tight end. Bam offered both those two players. Henry Toto, Isaiah Foskey. What do you think about those two?
0: Man, here, listen, when I did the evaluations for the Under Armour All-American game and Future 50, Henry Toto was on that list. And I had the chance to evaluate him, and what a big-time player. You talk about a guy that's active. In sideline to sideline linebacker, vertical in pass coverage, a big time blitzer with extreme physical talent uh, and very, very aggressive at the point of contact. Love him as a football player, super smart, huge football IQ. Can make all the moves and all the movements as a linebacker. He's a three-down guy. I mean, just a, a super football player. Isaiah Foskey. He's been a guy since pretty much his freshman year. He's been on varsity. At that time, he was six foot four and about 110 pounds. Now he's up to 215, 220 pounds. He runs well. He's long. He's athletic. He's what you're looking for as a tight end. Work the middle of the field. Get vertical down the seams. Be able to go up and make plays. Uh, And really stretch a defense out to allow those receivers to come underneath and come inside and catch the ball and run. So, uh, two guys Mm -hmm. who are, of course, All American players for De La Salle. Of course, Henry Toto got a big Under Armour All American offer this past week as well. So, shout out to Henry. They got a great team, they got a big time uh, season coming up. I know they got Gorman on the schedule that I'll be at that game in Vegas. Um, and, you know, this is Taylor Sound, man. What, you know, what else is there to say? Just legendary. Kidding me?
1: Legendary. Kidding me? Last but not least, we had a, we had a, a pretty good-sized decommitment this past week last night. Edison Charger quarterback Griffin O'Connor decommitted from UNLV. Oh, uh, yeah. A little bit of a surprise there. Yeah. Didn't see it coming. Usually uh, when you see a player decommit, it's on the verge of getting a few offers, new offers kind of coming in. Uh, that wasn't the case with Griffin. He just wanted to open it back up, and and uh, I think he didn't feel comfortable at UNLV. wanted to say the words, the, the quote that I saw was, Just want to make sure he was doing the right thing. Uh, So as of right now, uh, Griffin O'Connor, who won a CF championship last year, had a pretty good-looking spring and summer on that 7-on-7 circuit. Obviously, we know what he can do with the pads on. He's a running threat. He can throw the football as well. Had a big junior season. Big things expected out of Griffin this
0: year. But uh, Griffin O'Connor no longer committed to the run rebs. You know what? Griffin O'Connor, to me, a system quarterback, (laughs) but has good talent. And uh, I'm sure he's going to find his good fit that he needs uh, at the next level. Get a chance to get somewhere and get settled in and really learn up under a nice quarterback coach and a nice head ball coach and get out there and perform and do a great job for himself, his family, his school, and represent uh, Edison Chargers really well. And and speaking of quarterbacks,
1: nice little segue here, Coach Keith. We saw saw a handful of quarterbacks over the spring and summer. Obviously, we always preface, it's shirts and it's shorts. Yeah, it is. It's not real football. You have 3.5 seconds to throw. There's no pass rush coming at you. But you can still see a lot... I think it's still kind of fun to watch 7 on 7. We've seen guys rise up, we've seen guys maybe fall down a little bit. Yep. But uh, some of the
0: guys we saw, we saw a lot of talent, a lot of talented players this off season, didn't we? Yeah, we did. So, you know, this part of the show, we're talking about our this is our off season wrap up. So, we're going to go with our uh off season, you know, highlight players or our top performers uh, position by position. And Greg will take the 2018 class and I'll be touching on the underclassmen, position by position who I thought stood out. This offseason and really up their stock and really up their credibility on the transparent truth so Greg starting off in the 2018 class let's start off at the number one position um, in sports At the quarterback position, the 2018 class, who was your top offseason performer this year? So I I
1: had a couple. And again, two of these guys are pretty well-known. One of them, I I think, wasn't that well-known kind of coming into the spring. I didn't know if I wanted to save him for top performers or maybe we have a little category we'll get to a little bit later on, the guys that kind of rose up. But how about Tanner McKee? You know, he didn't do a a whole lot of 7 on seven. He doesn't play on a, on a, a team that plays every single weekend. But every time we saw this guy, he was so good. And again, you can't talk about Tanner without talking about, you know, just the integrity, uh, you know, just, you know, having the, uh, gosh, I can't even think of the word, but a guy who's, who's so strong in his conviction. conviction yeah. You know, so watch about the Elite 11 finals where he absolutely lit it up, then sat out on Sunday during the 7 on 7 portion, which was the biggest day to make that final Elite 11 to get to the opening. Right. He still made it. He was that good previous days, goes to the opening, lit it up again, sat out on Sunday, the first day of competition. Team struggled. Next day he comes in and he was the best guy there, maybe outside at Justin Fields, who was legendary at that at that event. But Tanner McKee was tremendous, uh, and he's a guy. Honestly, his game translates probably better with the pads on because people don't understand. We saw him, in, you know, practice what two weeks ago. Sure, this guy can run. Absolutely, I mean, he can absolutely run, and I don't mean by time. I mean run for forty yards, take it to the house. That's right. Tanner McKee is very skillful. Uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson had some great performances, and I think one of them is the one uh, event we were at. That first Adidas tournament, sure. And I'll be honest, there was no buzz there. It was just a boring event. Uh, no fault to Adidas. It was. It was just. There was just. It was so many seven-on-seven seven games going on, and by that time, you're kind of going, okay, seven-on-seven. Seven. The second they got off the bus, that seven-zero-two team, Dorian, he just brought some energy that I had not seen that's right. up to that point, point. And, and that's just what he is. I mean, he's a he's a leader. He brings a ton of energy to the to the table uh, physically. Does it all, right? He has, you know, experience is his only weakness right now. He needs some of that. Sure. But he can throw it. He can run it. He's smart. He's tough. He's a leader. I I I like Dorian
0: a lot. No question about it. And I can co-sign those two guys without a question. Tanner and Dorian, man. I mean, yeah, they asked me. The two of the top probably four to five quarterbacks in the country in 2018 class. So shout out to those guys. So from the underclassmen group. Uh, the quarterback group. I've got two guys. I'm going to start off first with J.T. Daniels, the modern day quarterback. Some people call him the top underclass quarterback in the country. I thought J.T. really shined um, in the off season. Uh, his team, he normally plays with kind of his modern-day team. They call it MMD. They call him, you know, some others. Yeah, it's (laughs) or the BSN Sports, whatever they call it, your 7-on-7 team, JT, over there at modern-day. Thought you did really well, threw the ball well, your quick reads, quick decisions, really seeing the field, pushing the ball vertically, driving it in windows two or three, uh, just making really good decisions and really taking care of the football. Really love that. We don't want to throw it to the other team. So I thought JT Daniels really shined and really stepped up big time. But I thought my number one quarterback this offseason underclass, Cathedral's Bryce Young. You're reading my notes, aren't you? Look at, what a right at fantastic at right offseason he had. Tremendous. Uh, he was unbelievable. It seemed like every tournament his Cathedral High School team was in, they either won the championship or we were in the championship. And no knock on Cathedral, they've got players. But I saw Bryce... Lead his team to an upset win over Bosco. I mean, he's like, you know, the the Alonzo Ball, high school ball out here in Southern California football now. He just makes everybody around him so much better. His ability to, to quick release and get the ball out fast, always hit the right guy, always with great ball placement, whether it's back shoulder, hitting the guy on the run, leading it in front of him. He was just absolutely electric with the football this offseason. And a shout-out to Bryce Young, a tip of the cap. I thought you lit it up, man. I thought you did your thing uh, from start to finish. And, uh, you know, to me, he was my top quarterback this offseason. And and we
1: talked about this in the drive here. One thing I think that makes a quarterback special is any system – you, you can system. put him in any system with yes. any team, whether it's an all star team, your high school team, five star guys, or no star guys. You put Bryce in any system, and he, like you said, he elevates those guys, he makes everybody better, he makes the right reads. He's so cool and calm. I remember, again, watch him in Vegas with all these people watching, yelling, and screaming. He's playing Team Florida. They're talking mess. He, the guy is unflappable. He is so cool and calm and poised for a young quarterback. This guy's got, what, two more years to go? Three more years to go. He's only a sophomore. Three more years to develop special talent. I love Bryce Young as well.
0: You did a great job. So you go ahead, Greg. You're 2018. You want to go with running backs here? So let like Honestly, 7-on-7. Seven seven. I don't have a lot of them. Running backs, is, that's not a 7-on-7
1: seven seven game. True. You know, I, I love Toa Tau at the Nike camp in L.A. He was MVP at that event. Uh, he's a pads guy all the way. So you see a guy like Toa who just runs so hard. He runs so physical. and downhill guy. Uh, not necessarily, you know, his game, but I like what I saw from him. We saw Richard Newton a couple times. I was impressed with him. Yeah, Again, Newton. a Nike camp guy. Palm uh, Palm as well. We saw him at the UCLA camp. He was impressed. Too. My, my top two guys, not to steal your thunder, so I'm, I'm not going to go on, but I thought my top two guys were underclassmen. I'm going to throw it over to you, okay see who you like, but I had two underclassmen. it's probably my, my two favorite guys that I saw this, this spring and summer, so go ahead and tell me who you liked. Okay, so the underclass
0: group, top off-season performers this year. We're going to start our first with Rancho Cucamonga running back Sean Dollars. Yes. I thought Sean Dollars was, uh, he was explosive. I thought his change of direction was sick. Um... His quickness was, is very, very evident. he got great moves in the open field. He'll, he'll make you miss. Like my little six-year-old son likes to say, he'll ankle you. <laughs> he'll ankle you. Uh, Sean Dollars at Rancho Cucamonga. I thought he lit it up this offseason. Jordan Wilmore. Yes. Out of Londale High School. Yeah. Let me tell you something. This guy's put together like a college running back already. He's got speed. He's got power. He's got great vision and patience. Thought he caught the ball well in the camp that I saw him. Uh, Just a guy who's playing beyond his years, and I think he's going to be one of the top Southern California backs um, in a year or two. And last but not least, and this guy blew me away. He was probably my top running back this offseason when I saw him. Dorsey running back out of Los Angeles, Jawan Collins, special football player. I made a comment on Twitter a while back, after I saw him, and I like you know me, Greg. I like to make bold statements. You do. I said he's gonna be the number one running back in the country by the time of his senior year. Special talent, special speed, special strength, special explosion, big time leader with tremendous intensity, super ball player. Really love him. Him and the sand beast.
1: Those two guys have—they they have, they both have man bodies right now. Uh, my two underclassmen, i, I want to throw out there, give give some love to. I uh, already mentioned Austin Jones. Bishop I loved him. And also Kendall Milton, a 2020 kid also. So it got all 2020 classes loaded with loaded. running backs. For me, again, Kendall Milton, see, he's already proven it with the pads on. Looked yeah. great in the summer circuit, doing, doing the whole shirt and T-shirt thing. Uh, I think Austin Jones and Kendall Milton, both those, I think those are two of the top five backs right now out West, regardless of class. And I know the 2018 class is kind of down a little bit. A little bit. Uh, so I, not, not too bold of a statement, but I still feel like those two guys, Austin and Kendall, pretty special.
0: Yeah, there's no question about it. So moving on, let's go to receivers, Greg. Got a lot of of receivers. Hey, listen, the offseason is about receivers, DBs, quarterbacks, right? So I know you probably got a ton. I limited mine to three. Start us off with your 2018 group, top offseason receivers. How about
1: Amon Ross St. Brown? He He ain't bad. He wasn't bad at all. He ain't terrible. I I feel like we talked about him so much, so I'm just going to say Amon Ross St. Brown, here's some some hard-hitting, good at football. How's that for some (laughs) hard-hitting analysis right there? He's good at football. How about Devin Williams? He's a guy, not a a big name coming up this spring. Yeah. I wish I could say length the way you do. I love the way you say it. Say length for me. He's got great length. I like the way you say that. Mm -hmm. 6'5", athletic, two-way guy, but he kind of focused on receiver this year and was dominant at the opening finals. Dominant. Chase Coda out of Oregon. Chase Coda. Loved him early on. Hurt at the opening. What I saw early on, to me, the guy is a special talent. C.J. Parks. Talking to J.T. Daniels last night. You know what? He said C.J. Parks, he said he's as good as Amon Ross St. Brown. His quarterback is set. Now, I'm not sure I'm, I'm, a, I'm co-signing with that, but dude, J.T. loves this guy. I love the guy. I do too. C.J. can absolutely go. He's got a ton of dog in him. Probably the best hands out of any receiver out West. Yeah, uh, Extends away from his body. And I'm starting to realize watching a lot of college football, we talk about speed and size being a, a physical trait. How about catching the football? because yeah, What I'm starting to see, if, if And I know a lot of colleges will say, oh, we can teach a guy to run routes. We can teach a guy to catch the football. But we want to go for that athleticism and size. You know what? I'm starting to notice, if a guy can't catch the ball in high school, guess what happens in college? He doesn't catch the ball in college either. No, he doesn't. T.J. Parks can catch the ball, period, and he gets open. Hello, UCLA. Those are two pretty good things. He's going to UCLA. Yeah. They definitely need a guy like, like CJ. Devin Cooley, Isaiah Crocker, and DeLon Hurt. I thought all those guys are very a great good list. as well. Devin Cooley, uh, I yep.
0: definitely. I mean, he was a star this offseason. Crocker is special, yep. I think, kind of in and out of breaks. and uh, That sounds like a really good group. The underclass group. We're going to start off with Logan Loya. Yes. The Orange Lutheran. Logan. The double move master. <laughs> hey, man, Logan Lawyer, he's a baller. The guy finds a way to get open. He's got great ball skills. I haven't seen him drop a ball. He's probably been at every camp. I mean, he's like like a camp whore. He's been at every camp this entire offseason. He wants to compete. He wants to compete. Doesn't want to hide anything. I love it. Yeah. And he's out there. He's playing ball. I love it. Logan, shout out to you. Great job this offseason. How about Johnny Wilson at Calabasas? Baller. A freak of an athlete. Yeah. Again, one of those... Freaky size, you know, length, speed guys. Length. Tremendous hands. Special talent. Johnny Wilson at Calabasas. Big time offseason performer. How about Kobe Bowman at Bosco? Got him. Again, another one of those big, long, athletic kids. I mean, I've liked Kobe since he was coming out of eighth grade. Great route runner. Physical after the catch. Uh, I think he's going to have a huge year for Bosco this year. Those are my three guys, and I got a utility guy that I'm putting in wide receiver. Okay. Corona Centennial, Gary Bryan. Okay. Hey, a little Percy Harvin. Ball's in his hands, magic's going to happen. Watch what I say this year. All right, man, he, needs, he needs to hit that H, whatever, that... Uh, Percy got big.
1: I'm not gonna say how he got big, but Gary's gonna get on some something. Get on that. Get on that cane protein. Cane protein. There get you on go. that cane
0: protein, Gary. He needs to add about hey, 50, 60 to get to Percy's size. Gary Bryant, with the ball in his hand, will be dynamic this year and for the next three years at Corona Centennial. The guy just knows how to get down with the ball in his mitts.
1: He can go. I no got three question. guys. I got three guys. You, okay. you, you stole my Thunder. Kobe Bowman, love the kid. Yep. Just looks like a Stanford guy to me. They always have those six four tough physical receivers that can block. Yep. And he loves to do that kind of stuff. I thought Josh Delgado had a good offseason. And I love Kyle Ford, too. I made the comment earlier. Sure. Kind of remind me a little bit of a young Juju Smith in terms of the size, yep. athleticism. He can run past you. Uh, tough physical kid, too. So overall, great group of receivers we saw.
0: No question. You have a tight end, Greg? Because I, I got, got a couple. tight end. I got a couple I got tight a couple. ends. I got a couple. Okay, couple. what do you got for me?
1: So he's actually. I, I don't know if I'm cheating He's kind of a hybrid Okay How about Michael Zikia? Can I My- use him in this category? You, I, I, you think he's I, don't, sh- I don't like to label
0: him a tight end, grade yeah. Because I think he's a special receiver Okay But you can use I know a lot of people think he's going to project as a tight end Go ahead I, I think he's
1: a hybrid I don't okay. think he's an inline blocker who's going to you know, no. be that guy, go line, Absolutely hey, let's bring not. an extra tight end. Ezekiel, get out there. That's not going to happen. <laughs> right? Hell no. No. But I think he's a guy that can do a lot of things. And now I think he's almost like an H-back Thomas Duarte type. You, you want to use him in the passing okay. game. Uh, and I think, look at his body, he's going to get bigger and bigger, but stay athletic. He's six yeah. four, I think six five. He's going to probably yeah. be 240. Yeah. Right? So I like him. And then the guy, Spencer Webb. Uh, One of my guy coached T's boys out there in Intercom. Sure, Uh, Spencer was really good at the Oakland Nike camp. I liked him a lot. Going to Oregon, uh, I think Spencer Webb was, again, those
0: two tight ends. I liked them both a lot this this offseason. So I got some tight ends. You know what? Shout out to Bosco and Modern Day man. They're up and down my list. We're going to start out with Jude Wolf. Jude. Hey, man, all of 6'5". Stud. Can run, can catch, can block. Nominated for the 2019 Under Armour All American Game. Jude Wolf is a player. What does that mean? Is he nominated or is he selected? He's nominated. I mean, his name is officially get him in on our right board. now, coach. Get him in. Hey, listen. That's a process. Let's Everything can we in invite pro- him right
1: now on the transparent truth? Can you put that invite out there? Do you have that kind of juice? I do have that type of juice. Let's do it.
0: But I'm not going to make He's that step. deserving. He is.
1: Jude, I want you in. I don't have a say, but if it was up to me, Jude, just throwing it out there. Go ahead, coach. I didn't mean to cut you off. I, I, nah, excited. Right, baby.
0: So I got excited for a second. Listen, Jude's a big time player. He's got all the tools you're looking for. He's got size. He can run. He's got soft hands. He's a physical blocker. He's a smart kid with a great GPA. He had a great offseason. He's going to be a terrific weapon on third down in the middle of the field for Bosco quarterbacks. Drew Wolf, big-time offseason. How about Michael Martinez? How about over Michael Martinez? How about that catch to win the game? How about in that a, catch? In the Edison 7-on-7 seven seven battle at the beach. How about Michael that? Michael Martinez, shout out to you, big fella. I hey. see you over there doing your thing. About six Michael, i invite you too, Michael. I think he's worthy Grant's too. Grant's going to invite
1: everybody. I'm inviting the whole entire league. Hey, well, <laughs> he,
0: he must be inviting you to Pizza Hut because it's not the Under Armour All-American game right now. But hey, listen, Michael, you did your thing this offseason. You got a you got a nice frame on you. you. I shook your hands. Your hands were about twice the size as mine's. You can be a big time player, man. You had a great all season. Top performer twenty. The underclass group. How about
1: some O line? Let's go to O line. Oh yeah, the big heavies. Uh, uh... Didn't see a whole lot. I mean, it's, again, we offseason is kind of more for the seven-on-seven seven guys. Sure. We know who the real football players are, though, Coach. Yeah. We know that you cannot win without guys in the trenches. My top guy overall was Justin Dedich. Really wasn't close. And I've never hyped a center before like this. Maybe Jeff Byers years ago. Sure. But for me, Justin was so good at every event, on every stage, Where there was a, uh, a little small regional camp, whether it was you know, maybe the giant skills camp, yeah. or whether there was at the opening finals. The guy was just dominant. Cannot find a weakness in his game. He's got a nice center frame. He's smart and he's tough. He's physical. He's agile, hostile. All those cool things. He does everything well on a football field. I really like Justin a lot. Uh, Panay Sewell. Uh, I love the move, tackle the guard. Sure. We talked about that before. Natural fit at guard. Uh, I thought Will Craig stepped up. And then Bishop Gorman, Jacob Asaya. Yeah. I thought he was outstanding. Every event, playing tackle, playing guard, playing center, I think he's very versatile. So those O-linemen all kind of jumped out for
0: me. So with the underclass group, I've got a nice group of three. I've even got a kid who's coming out of eighth grade who I saw at a camp dominate. I think I
1: know who you're talking about. Listen to this. Got three names? Got three names. Okay.
0: First, we're going to start off with my, excuse me St. John Bosco offensive kind of tackle guard, Merit Talavau. Man, just a stud. At the point of attack, it's problems off the jump. Physical, aggressive, can move his feet, and is a nasty sob. <laughs> Shout out to Maris. How about Miles Miro? The 2020 That's prospect, my dude right there, man. That's, that guy's special. Day. Special, man. This guy right here, he's the next coming. Great feet, great flexibility. For a big, young kid, which you you hardly never see that. Yeah. Good length. Can move, can turn, can bend, but physical. Got a tough punch on contact. Plays through the whistle. Love that. Doesn't give up if a guy's halfway through. Stays with, finishes. How about this? Coming out of eighth grade, slated to start as a true freshman this year. At Corona High School. Dominique Perez. Corona hmm. High School. He's gonna start as a true freshman. He's fr- gonna start true, as true a freshmen. true freshman. As a true freshman. Out of eighth grade. Okay. Let me tell you something. Saw him at a camp, saw some tape of him, a young Justin Dedich. Mark my words. Whoa. Physical, aggressive, He's a giant talented, skills kid. Talented, <laughs> tough, super smart, has a dedicated family who supports him from the time he gets up in the morning to the time he puts his head in the, on the pillow to go to sleep.
1: Raquel Perez, shout out to the mom.
0: Raquel Beautiful Perez lady. is his mom. Dominique Perez is going to be a four-year starter. and He's an outstanding football player, outstanding kid. Shout out to him for a great offseason going into high school. and He's going to be awesome blocking there for Shane Illingsworth and all those guys with Corona.
1: I thought you were going to go when I said the three names. Yeah. I think going with George Mikey Hahn because that kid it was close
0: it was so close because I would say that kid is
1: not going to start no at modern day they no. got a guy Koa Gonzalez who's a heck of a center yeah but George is a stud George is a stud hey I got one athlete go with it and athlete category uh, I could have went with Devin Williams but just, just go with one, one guy how good was Brian Addison he was special he was very good right I, I'm thinking if we did a did a maybe rank these guys 1 through 10 I think Addison would be a top 5 offseason guy for me safety so much range, so flexible, ball skills, instinct, always in the right place, right time. Sure. Flip over to receiver. I mean, that could be his best college position right now. I still want to see him, you know, f- be physical with the pads. I've yet yeah. to see that. He keeps telling me, dude, it's coming, GB, it's coming." So I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait and see him. I want to see him come up and just lay someone out. Uh, if they can, if he can show me that against Narbonne with Jamar Jefferson coming through the middle, if he can show me that. Uh, that'd be good. But I think Addison could be a heck of a receiver as well. Uh, so Brian Addison would be my athlete
0: category. He's a special football player. Um, again, we want to see you be more physical in contact, Brian. But it's, in terms of an athlete and a playmaker, uh, I think he's just special. He's got terrific ball skills. Probably some of the best ball skills on the in the country. Um, he's an Under Armour All-American. So, of course, I think highly of him. Uh, but he had a special offseason. He really rolls up the charts. If you're talking an athlete... You tell me a better two way player possibly in the state. Underclassman at Bosco's George Halani. I got George on my, on my sleeper team. Okay, so he, he kind of came team. up a little bit. In terms of athlete, underclass, he may be the best two way player in the state. George Halani is fast, he's physical, he's smart, he's tough. And let me tell you something he's got some wiggle. I didn't know he had, Grant. Yeah. The guy can get in the open field. He'll ankle you. Dude, he showed it in the day to sell game, man. He's making guys
1: miss. we going, who Jeez, is this guy? George
0: Helani, you're a beast, kid. I really like him as an athlete. I thought he, for me, he blew up to me, right? This is not recruiting. I'm not a recruiting geek. I'm just, You blew up to the transparent truth, George. So shout out to you, big dog. You went out there, you handled your business, and I'm showing you some love. So in terms of athletes in the underclass, George Halani, big time. Way to rock, kid. How about some defensive guys? Let's go. And,
1: and again, you know, the summer doesn't always showcase those trench warriors. But D-Lineman, a, a, a guy who who I thought was deserving of a lot of the accolades he got was Cameron Saw Some a few times, Under Armour Camp, Nike Camp, opening finals. Man, when he turns it on, when he turns that, that switch, that yeah. proverbial switch, when he flips it up, he's really good. You know, at the opening final, they had those last two days of competition. First day, I, I didn't see him much. People said, you know, he's just okay. That second <laughs> day, legit. Yeah. Second day, he was very, very good. I like him a lot. My top guys that I saw were, were predominantly underclassmen, so I'm going to throw it over to you. But okay. one other guy I, I do want to shout out a little bit to was Malik McLean. I think he's got a lot of upside. A lot, again, I love the athleticism. And you can sure. see one thing about playing D-lineman, you know, you get a chance to watch some of these guys, Jeremiah Marner, Malik McLe- 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 McLean playing tight end. And that translates for me. No question. You know, if you see a guy run around and make him play in space as a tight end, and you can just imagine, okay, this guy's gonna be hand down on the ground off the edge, going against a 285-pound tackle, how is that guy gonna block him? And I've seen him do routes sure. against a linebacker safety. So uh, shout out to both those two guys. I liked them a lot, Malik McLean, Jeremiah Martin as a tight end. Also, I think they're gonna be a big time
0: defensive ends down the line. Nice that's a nice group. Let's talk underclass. Let's talk underclass. La Habra has a beast of a kid. Two-way player. Lovey Met linebacker. Jacoba Fulmatu. I like to call him Jacob Fulmatu. And let me tell you something. A runner, a hitter, a specialist. The kid can run and hit. Give me a guy that can run and hit, and I'll give you a guy that's a big-time football player. The kid is physical. He's fast. He's aggressive. He gets to the ball in a hurry. He's got a relentless... Attitude and his pursuit is terrific. Jacob Fulmatu thought you had a great offseason. Saw you at the UCLA camp. Thought you did really, really well. Let's go another 2020 kid. How about Justin Flo from Upland?
1: Are we talking linebackers, coach? Are we on, we just get right past D
0: lineman. Are we D Line? We're on D Line still. Oh man, let's go back. Let's go back. (laughs) Hold up. Let's go back. So we're talking D Line. Let's go with Suave Poti out of Bosco. Big Suave. Nobody's going to block this guy. No one. From my reports from Bosco practice, the kid is unblockable. They must double-team him to get a stalemate. Suave, six foot three, 280-pound beast. I see, Suave, you blew up this offseason. How about this? We're going to Bosco again. Kobe Pepe, the former linebacker, 2020. Let me tell you something. He's going to be the surprise story for the Bosco defense this year. Mark my words, Greg Biggins. You know I know it. Kobe Pepe, the former linebacker turned D-line. He's up to 265 pounds, but he still runs 4'9". He's in the interior. He's going to get a push. He's going to win with quickness. He can get skinny and beat those guys on the edge. Kobe Pepe, great offseason. One more. Listen to this. 2019 transfer out of the state of Louisiana. Kendall Wilkerson. Watch what I tell you. Six foot four, 270 pounds. He can play interior. He can play on the edge. He's a big jumbo athlete. He can get it done. Kendall Wilkerson. I'm telling you, he's a transfer out of Louisiana. He's playing the Orange Lutheran. I saw him in the offseason this year. He was dominant. Nobody can block him. He was too aggressive. He was too long. He was too active. Too big, too strong, too fast. Kendall Wilkinson, you should dominate this year, son. Go out there and handle your business. Coach,
1: you're going to hyperventilate over there, man. I'm like, feeling
0: good today, baby. It's a special show.
1: Did you take some a couple of shots of our monster juice? I had a little bit this morning. I'm good. I got two guys. Go with it. Two guys. Let's go, start off with a place uh, that I, I kind of like to call my second home away from home, which would be the beautiful islands of Hawaii. Okay. How about Faitui Tuatelli? Oh, D-tackle. This guy's got star written all over him. I think he's going to be the top player in Hawaii. Maybe he's the top player right now as an underclassman. He's a 2019 kid. Tua Telly is an inside guy. Absolute monster. LA Nike camp. They all were talking about him. Everyone loved this guy. Every physical tool you could want. And then Oakland Nike camp. How about Jacob Bandis from Pittsburgh? Oh, yeah. Another monster for me was the MVP of that camp. Oh, yeah. People were shocked. Hello, Eddie Vanner does. Not in the frame in terms of the explosive raw power where he just, he, his get off and just his punch. kind contact. He was sending guys flying sure. the way Eddie did back in high school. Wow. Eddie's nice. doing some things for the Raiders right now. Shout out to Eddie. Great family. Guy is healthy. Bandis to Atelli. Two guys, D-tackles, tier guys. Will play for anybody in the country in two years.
0: Okay. Linebackers. Jacob Fulmato, I showed you some love already. We keep had going, you. man. You keep going with those linebackers. Justin Flo, Upland. I think they call this kid the man-man or the man-child. He's a big-timer, man. Uh, No way this kid looks like a kid that came out of his freshman year, but Justin saw you at the SC camp. Uh, Man, you moved around really well, man. Explosive hitter. Uh, Great change of direction. Great quickness from points A, B to C. Really like him as a football player. So, Fuamatu at La Habra. Justin Floyd-Upland. Got a couple more. How about the 2019 group? You're talking Jonathan Perkins. Just recently transferred to Cajon Perk. I see you out there, versatile linebacker. Let me tell you something. Perk could play any three linebacker spots for a couple of reasons. Number one, he's got the foot speed. Number two, he's got the IQ. And number three, he's got the physicality. Love Perk as a versatile linebacker. Three down guy, can play inside or outside, depending on how his body develops. He'll be slotted kind of in one or two spots. Really like him. UCLA commit, big time player. Gabriel Floyd, Golden Valley High School. DeGabriel. Can play the edge. You like Gabe. Oh, I
1: like him. Okay. You no kind of called me out a little bit back in the day about Gabe. So I'm like mm-hmm. to see you, you came around to my side. I like well, that. Not Speak not to say I didn't like him. You didn't love him. I just
0: didn't love him. You're coming around. I liked his offseason. You're coming around. I thought he trimmed his body real well. I need to trim my body. Yeah, me and you both. Yeah. Uh, but I thought he was a little soft in the interior. Trimmed his body. Tightened up. Got a little quicker, got a little faster, which you're supposed to do. He's putting the work in. Putting the work in. Respect from Coach Keith. Did a nice job, was the MVP of the Nike Camp in terms of linebackers. He's got a terrific frame on him. Really liked the way he's transformed his body, though. Should have a huge year at Golden Valley. Let's go, Gabe. Lastly, 2019, Spencer Lytle at Servite. Hey, man. A guy can just play football. It's tough. Hey, I can cover man to man. I can drop in zone and be reactive. I can fit the run gaps. I can run to the edge. I can get to the sideline. Spencer can do a little bit of everything. He's got great size. Probably the best Lido in the family. He plays
1: angry. Love you it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we got one more guy who I'm not going to mention. But I know you want to have him for your sleeper, so we'll we'll save that one. Yeah, we got to save But we, we both have a guy we like a lot. Oh yeah, I got I got some backers, coach. I saw a lot of good backers this year. I think uh, so. The West was loaded. There was more guys that made the opening from the West than any other region combined. Yeah, I don't think that's true, but I just made that I just made that stat it, up. But it sounds sounds, sounds good. Sounds good. good. So for me, two guys really jumped out. We're talking about Brandon Caho, We're talking about Jack Lamb. Yeah, I thought those two guys in a in a loaded group. Those two guys separated themselves a little bit. Kaho was tremendous uh, at, at every event. The guy who was big. He's fast. He's physical. We said it. He outperformed EA this this offseason. Talking Nevada linebackers. Yeah, this is true. Not saying he's a better prospect, but he outperformed. He's he more athletic, moves better. Sure. Jack Lamb, for me, had the play of the offseason, taking a little running back from a little mouthy running back from Florida, and just going blindside with him 50 yards onto another field. That was the play of the, of the weekend, the offseason for me, and seeing him be able to run and cover. I love Jack Lamb. Salu Messina, Elijah Winston, Raymond Scott, all those guys really showed out to me. Reggie Hughes impressed me with his ability to play in space. I saw Reggie as an outside pass rusher. Reggie played some inside backer. I liked him a lot. Kanai Malga, USC commit. Kanai malga He really stepped up for me. Adrian Jackson at the Under Armour camp that we were at there. Yeah. Adrian, uh, safety, linebacker. I think he wants to play safety, but at that event, he was a linebacker. He got an invite to the Under Armour sure. All-American game because of how well he played. Solomon Tuliapupu had a nice offseason. Merlin Robertson impressed me with his athlete. I think both Solomon and Merlin impressed a lot of people with their ability to move in space. I could probably go on and on and on. Matthew Tago, a guy who was going to save yeah. for my, my, uh, my sleeper list, but I'm going to throw him out right now. A guy who I saw as a, as a 6'1", 230-pound quarterback. He's a 6'3", 210-pound linebacker who can play, I think, just about anywhere. He'll be an inside guy at UCLA. It's a nice pickup for them. But uh, overall, a really good group of linebackers.
0: It was a good group of linebackers. I thought they all did a uh, really good job. All the guys we mentioned were really outstanding. Let's go with the DBs. All right. Man, we got a great group of young DBs. in, in the, the 2020 class is loaded. 2019 class is loaded. Let's start off with 2020. Dorian Green Warren. Yep. Modern day defensive back. Thought he really improved over the course of the offseason. When I saw him initially, didn't think too highly of him, but watched his development, watched his growth. Um, a guy became, became comfortable making plays on the football, improved his speed this offseason, did a nice job. Elias Ricks. Yep. Staying with Modern Day. I think a special safety prospect compared him to Nandi Asamoa. Um, his length, his versatility, his ball skills, uh, just a big time player. I think he's going to be fantastic. How about the 2019 group? Joseph Force? Jojo Forrest, I don't, Orange Lutheran. He was our sleeper of the week yep. one week. Uh, did a nice job at the Alabama camp. Came back to a 7 on 7 tournament, I believe, in Huntington Beach. Yep. Showed up really well. Really well. You said. Yep. Uh, Jojo Forrest climbing up the transparent truth ladder. Jeremiah Cradell. Yep. Rancho Cucamonga, defensive back. Physical, aggressive. Needs to continue to develop his football IQ. And lock in, you know, on a consistent basis. But in terms of his physical skills and his ability to make plays on a ball, aren't too many guys out here on the West Coast that can match him. Chris Steele, maybe the number one cornerback on the West Coast. Some people have him ranked. I mean, just you know, in terms of size, speed, strength, and physicality, I mean, he's second to none. I really, need to, really want to see him clean up his technique, become a little bit more fluid, um, at the top of routes, getting in and out of his breaks. But in terms of his projection, projects to be a big-time college player. Had a great offseason. Brandon Jones. Brandon Jones, transfer from L.A. Hawkins. Now at, help me out, Greg. Where is Brandon Jones at? He's, uh, Chatsworth. Uh, you know the school. I'll figure it out. You can yeah. keep speaking on him, I'll figure out the yeah. school. So Brandon Jones. Uh, I see you out there, Brandon, met him at the UCLA camp. Big-time player, good size, good length, can make plays. I think last but not least, maybe the MVP of the offseason at DB, I thought was Max Williams. Max Williams is a is – a, in terms of technique and fundamentals, he's ahead of everybody in the group. His ball skills are good. I think Max needs to continue to work on his speed, especially his top-end speed, to really be able to get on the highway with those elite athletes. But in terms of performance this offseason, I thought Max uh, was the cream of the crop. So shout-out to all those defensive backs I mentioned, all those underclassmen. I thought you guys showed really well. And uh, have a great season. Coach Keith is pulling for you. Grace Brethren.
1: That's Grace Brethren. Brandon there Jones. There you go, Brandon Jones. I got, I got one underclassman. Love all those guys. Uh... Love Max, love Chris. How about Mikhail Wright from Valencia? Talking Michael to some Wright, schools, yeah, sure. talking to some some coaches who played against Valencia. They said he was the best cover corner, and these teams said we played Modern Day, we played Bosco, we played Centennial and seven on seven. Sure. Said Mikel Wright was the best D B they went up against this offseason. Mikhail Wright is gonna be big time. Two thousand nineteen kid, no question. Fluid athletic playmaker, both sides of the ball. Yep. Let's go 2018s. How about Talanoa Hufenga, A guy whose game is designed for pads. He's a downhill safety who comes after people with angry intentions. But he came through at the opening. We saw, we saw. I, I wanted to see him in space and see how he looked and see how he played in that sure. kind of environment. Sure. He plays in a smaller high school. He showed that he is easily among the top safeties in the country. I love Steve Stevens. I loved him a lot at every event. A guy who really grows up for me was Eli Doyle. I kind of saw him maybe as, maybe as a linebacker. I wasn't sure how athletic he was. Talk about, you know, Gabe Floyd kinda of trimming down. I thought Doyle trimmed down. Okay. A lot more fluid, a lot more athletic, a lot more rangy. Stephen Blaylock, we talk about him all the time. Sure. Just a football player. Just a pure football player. No question. Does everything well. At the UCLA camp, I love Chagogi and Usium. Long, mm-hmm. athletic, getting non-to-comparison there. He can sure. run, he can do all those good things. I thought Chase Williams made a really nice transit transition from full-time receiver to now he's a 50-50 athlete. I can play either way. And actually, he's going to play corner in college at Nebraska. Jaden Woodby had a nice offseason, guy who works so hard. He really wants to work on those cover skills, played a ton of uh, ton of cover corner. I like him as a safety, but he definitely showed he's got some versatility to his game. I thought Isaac Taylor Stewart really stepped up. I saw him a few events, I was like, you know, Isaac's just okay for me right now. Now, at the opening finals, man, he came through. He came through on the biggest stage, ran the fastest 40 competition. He yeah. won that deal, and then he was locking guys up. He was being physical at the point and then running with guys. Like he was, he had no problem on that big stage showing that he was easily among the best in the country. So overall, ton, a ton of DBs that we saw. A great group.
0: I got a utility guy I failed to mention. How about Braden Huffman Dixon? Okay. Over there at a uh, great Corona name. High School. Great name. Great name. Um,. Got a chance to see him a little bit this offseason impressed with his his playmaking ability, impressed with his ability to run and get vertical. Um, Think he needs to focus on mental toughness. Um, I think that's somewhere that he can improve the most, but in terms of ability athletic ability playmaking ability i think he's got the juice so uh those are our top offseason performers yeah. gb how about, how about some guys that, I, do We kind of
1: called all sleeper team or just guys who came up whatever these are some guys that maybe weren't on the radar yeah maybe they were but not as good as we thought yeah how about jack tuttle Jack Tuttle. I was going to throw him out there with my quarterbacks, but I, I mean, I think Jack, by the end of the summer, you can make an argument, he was as good as almost anybody. Yeah. Jack was special. How about JT Shroud, He's going to absolutely blow up this year with the pads on. I thought Jeremy, Jeremy Musa was excellent. I thought Tyler Schuff, and I thought Cam Cooper. Those guys, at quarterback, just all kind of rose up for me. Uh, any, to, any QBs that kind of surprised you a little bit or maybe better than anticipated?
0: I don't know if you mentioned Jeremy Musa. I did. Uh, but so I can let me co-sign that. I mean, the guy, like you said, man, the guy can stroke the rock. Yeah, and um, teaching tape, right? Just yeah, pure no question, no question. Um, I thought he was fantastic in terms of the quarterback position. Just off the top of my head, yeah, I, I'd probably go with Jeremy Musa as far as the guy who rose up. It really surprised me and and shocked me with how good you know versus I thought he was versus how good he is. So. Um, know, yeah, I'm going to leave that right there. i got some receivers. Okay, go with it. We got Gunnar Romney. Gunnar. a guy who kind of made the opening sure.
1: finals by earning his way. He was the Oakland MVP, went to the Elite 11 Finals as a receiver, and they had an award for whoever the best receiver was, gets an invite to the opening. He got that. He was very good. Romeo Dobbs, he talked about already. Yep. I thought John Jackson had a nice offseason playing with Ground Zero. Had a very good offseason. season. Thought David Yuri kind of a skilled, versatile guy. Sarah High School, uh, premium athlete. And then Daniel Arias out of Washington was very impressive. Those long, athletic 6'4 receivers. I'm always a big fan of the 6'4 receiver because they're never covered. Back, shoulder fade, baby. But David Uri, I thought was really good. Safety, corner, running back, receiver. I think he's going to have a big senior year for Sarah. Sarah's got some dudes. It's going to be fun to watch those guys, the
0: Cavs. They, they always got some guys. Shout out to my alma mater. Uh, we you know we stay with players. Um, in terms of receivers, again, I thought uh, Logan Loya came up from out of nowhere, really. Uh, to come and shine. I thought LeVon Bunkley-Shelton, this yeah. is the Sierra wide receiver. Um, Kobe Smith is better than what I uh, anticipated, you know, initially for uh, Sierra High School. I think another guy who was kind of... I wouldn't call him a sleeper, but a guy I don't think we probably showed enough love to um, is Nico Ramisio. Yeah. Nico Ramigio only the... He's only... Very productive every time you see him. Yeah, I've never gone to a tournament or a camp where he did not perform well. I mean, and sometimes you take that consistency for granted. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, he's just a guy that just shows up with his hard hat and his lunch bell, gets his job done.
1: You know, and I actually broke down Kobe Smith, but I crossed him out because here was a guy who was actually rated high. You know, four-star guy before really proving it. And this offseason was by far the best I've ever seen. I saw him dominate some events. And for me, if you're rated that high as as Kobe has been, and I know he's playing basketball, so he wasn't ever devoted to full-time football, but I wanted to see Kobe dominate. And I saw him do that at a couple different events. So, co-sign on Kobe. How about some DBs? Uh, And again, got underclass, we kind of mixed in. You mentioned uh, Elias Ricks, Darren Green Warren. They're on on my list. I'm not going to speak on them. You already did a good job of that. How about a couple guys from Long Beach Poly? Tyreek LeBeau. Big old long 6'2 corner. And then Ryan Nixon, uh, versatile safety. Uh, I like both those two guys. Jaden Dedman from Upland was better than I anticipated pure cover guy, not a clutch and grab guy, but just a guy who moves his feet, plays the ball really well. And then a the guy from Mission Viejo, Achille Arnold, that he was very good at the Under Armour camp that we saw. So uh, all those guys, again, uh, not saying you weren't good, just saying you're better than I anticipated.
0: How about the Markham Twins from Long Beach Poly? Yes. Man, terrific size, great athletic ability, two defensive backs who I think are going to be big time, four-star players really, really soon. How about, go back to Bosco, how about P3? Yes, P3 came, uh, you know, virtually out of nowhere to have a really good offseason and really stepped up his game yeah. and his stock. Had and that injury, unfortunately. Yeah, had that injury. But before then, man, he was he was balling. So P3, shout out to him. And uh, no question his dad wins fan of the offseason. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, P2, the number one fan in the state of California, wins the offseason fan of the year award. I got a
1: couple running backs. So you already mentioned uh, George Halani. Yep. Don't need to speak on that. Tremendous talent. And then Sean Dollar's a guy who didn't even really play last year at Ranch Cookamonga. Played behind a guy who was Jalen Red, who's not bad at football at all. Not, <laughs> not bad. Jalen's a special talent. Maybe the best guy they've had at Ranch Cookamonga. But those two guys, Sean's going to have a gigantic year. George Halani, uh, a couple of D linemen. You already mentioned Sawabe. How about Jermaine Lole? Last I checked, yeah. I'm hearing some I'm hearing he might be going to Long Beach Poly. Wow. playing at Paramount High School if Jermaine goes to Poly. Dude. They're my poly's got some dudes. Grid. That is your sleeper pick. That's pig. my sleeper. They got a loaded secondary. Yep. And we're going to talk, talk more about Poly later on. Yep. But Jermaine can go, and they need some beef up front, which is weird to say, because 10 years ago, Polly is where you went for beef. Now they got to find some guys, but Jermaine, uh, very good. I'm just going to run through. I don't have a lot of lot sure, more guys. O-lineman, it. Miles Monroe, you already mentioned him yep. as an O-lineman. Uh, I already mentioned Kendall Melton, and then uh, I already mentioned Matthew Tago again. So kind of guys I, I mentioned that were
0: better than I anticipated. Sure, absolutely. So those are our top off-season performers, the off-season team of 2017. Shout-out to you guys. You did a great job. But the pads are on now, baby. Fall is here. It's time to get it cracking. Time to move along here. We're looking at our sleeper of the week, Greg. I like your sleeper a lot. You like my sleeper a lot this week, huh? I'm proud of this kid. Sleeper of the week goes to linebacker Blake Anzalados at Chaminade High School. Six foot one, 210 pound linebacker. Fresh off the press, just got his first offer. Hot off the presses. About 10 minutes ago from the University of Nevada. So shout out to Blake. You got your first offer today, University of Nevada. I know your parents are proud. I know you've worked hard. I mean, the kid's a stud, Greg. I've been a big fan of his since his ninth grade year. I watched his freshman highlight tape. was wild by his physicality. It has translated to the varsity level. And let me tell you something the guy will pound you, you know pause, but he'll pound you. All right He's coming up. and He's coming to lay the smack down like Stone Cold Steve Austin. No joke. The guy will knock you out You know know the secret to Blake's success go with it
1: hockey, baby.
0: You might be right.
1: It's a hockey player Yeah, I have no no. I'm not ashamed to admit. That's my sport. Okay. I love football, but hockey You just it just breeds toughness you have to be tough to play football. But we've seen guys have high school success that were a little bit on the softer side. Sure. College, no. Yep. High school, you cannot be a soft hockey player. And last one, shift. Good. Blake brings it, man. He is tough. And I'll tell you what, man. That whole family, it's a hockey family. They breed toughness. And, and Blake, man, he will knock you out. And he doesn't care if it's practice. He doesn't care if it's shirt and shorts. That's right. And, and I love that. Not dirty. He'll help you up if he wants to. If not, he won't. But the guy is a—he's a gamer. That Nevada offer, you know, shout out to them for being smart with their evaluation. Sure, he, he's a guy who, I, talking to the pops, like game's kind of slowing down for Blake a little bit this year. The mm-hmm. game's gonna—he's gonna, gonna make—he's gonna make a ton of plays this year. I, I could see him as a guy who could have and should have maybe double-digit offers by the end of his junior season.
0: Well, you know what? And I'm harping on his physicality, and the kid is a hard hitter, man. He's a physical, you know phenomenon in terms of his ability to run through contact. But let me tell you something. The kid is athletic. Yeah. Consistent 4640 guy. Consistent. Can get on the highway with running backs. Gets his head around. Knocks the ball away. Throwing vertical against him. Let me tell you something. Kid's a player. Yeah. Shout out to Blake Enzalados, our sleeper of the week. Congratulations. This is the Transparent Truth. Special report. for Report. report. Move on. We're talking Long Beach Poly right now. That's what hurts my heart a little bit. It does. It it's does. a problem. So if you haven't heard, ladies and gentlemen, Long Beach Poly's JV program has been dropped this year due to low numbers and participation. It's got 5,000 students at this high school. 5, and 4,000 of them are athletic. <laughs> how, do you ha- how do you go from huh. being the number one athletic high school in the world
1: to not having a JV team, Greg, how does that happen? I will tell you what, man. For me, you know, when I started in this, in this business in the mid '90s. Long Beach probably was down the street from our student sports office, so that's this was my school. You know, and going back, this was Herman Hoaching and Chris Lewis and Kenyon Rambo. We had the Big Five with you know the first time we ever had five guys five. from one school all in the top 100. I'm talking to Herschel Dennis, yep. Winston Justice, yep. Darnell Bing, Manuel Wright, Mercedes Lewis. Wow, all oh, five. List. The next year, again, they just kept going and going sure. and going. So for me, for Poly, not to have a JV team, it's almost surreal for me. And I know talking to Antonio Pierce, it's surreal for him. Sure, I haven't talked to Antonio about this topic, but I talked to him, you know, frequently, and he thought, shoot, five. Years. He had a five-year plan. This is his fifth year. Yeah, him. He's going to go there. He's going to build this thing up. He's going to bring Polly back. He had tradition put on the back of the jerseys, right? No names. You know, not going to see, you know, LeBeau or Tally or any names on the back of those jerseys. Mark them. Sure. You're going to see tradition. Yeah. I thought that was the coolest thing. And I think he just had this vision of kids just flocking to Polly to play for an ex-NFL Super Bowl champion. And just enrollment numbers just coming like crazy yeah and Paulie's gonna just field a Bosco type level talent team yeah and now they have to cut their JV team
0: what the heck you know I have no answers hey listen man I do would you like to hear it
1: I I would love to hear your answers here it goes let's
0: go private school is the answer parents kids they're all flocking to private schools Whether it be Cornish Lutheran, Modern Day, Bosco, wherever it is, for some reason, parents want to run the private school. And it bothers me a little bit. I'm a public school guy, coached at public school, went to public school. And public schools are fine if you can find a good one. There are good ones out there. But running a private school has become the wave. And everybody's following that right now. Mm. So now the, the private schools—they have—they've got all the juice, they've got all the leverage, and the public schools are hurting. Schools like Crenshaw, schools like Polly. schools like Dorsey—they're hurting for numbers on the football field. They're hurting for numbers in terms of school—you know, students coming to school. Dorsey's got somewhat like thirteen hundred kids. That's ridiculous. Private schools, man.
1: I think it even goes deeper. I don't, I don't know if I want to fully touch on this topic. I don't have the the controversial gene that you got. Okay. But I also think there's something going on with Polly's admissions, letting guys in that are in the district that want to go to Poly, but because they have so many students already, four thousand, five thousand, yeah, that those kids that are in the district that want to go there, they're kind of pushing them to other places. So Come I don't, on. I don't. Poly's, if Poly was allowed to take everybody who wanted to come to Poly that was able to, to go, they'd have a JV team. So I totally agree with what you're saying. The private schools are definitely taking over. Uh, I think many people see that as a better education, a better chance to go D1. They know how expensive college is. Shoot, I got one going to Grand Canyon's private school, um, but I'm a public school guy myself in high school for sure. sure. Um, but I think people are, are, are trying to find where can my son get the most exposure and get the best chance to get a scholarship. And they're looking and they're seeing nothing but private schools right now.
0: Bothers me a little bit. Uh, public schools are suffering because of it. Um, you take in kids who are most talented and the smartest and with two-parent families and m- most aggressive, and uh, that talented tenth is leaving to go to pub to the, excuse me, go to private schools, and you know public schools are really suffering. But uh, you know, hopefully, Long Beach Poly in, in the, the district in Long Beach can get that turned around. We'd love to see Poly with a JV team and competing on all three levels. But it's an issue that's going to have to be addressed, Greg. This public versus private thing. Where do private schools? Where do public schools go from here, Greg? How do you get those kids to stay in? In the district and at their kind of local public school. How does that happen?
1: Yeah, I mean, looking at my, you know, helping out with Fox and doing the rankings, you know, I got three public schools in my top five. But after that, you know, there's just, I think there's just not a lot of great high school programs. And people associate a school with the program, the The athletic program. program. So if your football program is bad, all that school sucks. Right. No, the school doesn't suck. Maybe because your the sport isn't good, but the school itself is still good. Yeah. So I think people associate your sports with the rest of the school. There's a lot of good public high schools. You know what I'm saying? A lot of good public school teachers. Sure. My mom was a teacher. There's a lot of good public school sports outside of just football. Sure. But right now, football, I, I think people are feeling like if they want to get a D1 scholarship, they have to go to Bosco, Modern Day, Sarah, Orange Lou, J. Sarah, Oaks Christian, uh, you know what? In my top five, I got three public schools. I got Mission Viejo, I got Centennial, I got Poly. Yeah. Unfortunately, after that, there's a little bit of a drop <laughs> yeah. in, in terms of it. the rest of my top twenty. So, I think you—the you, question, how do they do it? You, you got to find a way to, to win some games. It's a catch twenty-two. It's, it's chicken on the egg. Do players go because the team's winning, or do you win because players go there? You know, Edison High School. I'm, I live in Huntington Beach. We have a bunch of high schools. we got Westminster, View Marina, Huntington, Fountain Valley. Sure. The only team that wins consistently is Edison. That's the only team in the whole city of Huntington Beach. Why? Because they're tradition. They win. And kids will go there. If they want to sure. go public at Huntington Beach, you will go to Edison because they have that traditional winning and always have great coaching. So how can public schools turn this around? Great coaching, win some games. For me, dude, how about just stay in your own area, play, for your local high school? That, that sounds that's like, a, that's like a foreign language concept for a
0: lot of people. I get that. You know, Greg, I was once a coach. And we went to Compton High School, my brother and I, in 2004, 2005. Compton was 0-30. Their, their freshman team was 0-10. Their JV team was 0-10. And, and their varsity team went 0-10. They averaged getting beat 55-1 to 1 in league play. And we went there. In three years, we went 27 and 9. So, the average kind of going 9 and 3 each year for three years straight. The 20 years previous before we got there, zero guys got football scholarships in 20 years. Our three years we were there, 16 guys got football scholarships. One became an Army All-American. Shout out to Chris Metcalf. One, end, one ended up becoming a first-round draft pick for the Green Bay Packers. Shout out to Dayton Jones. The school subsequently created – or we created a lot of success for the school in terms of the football program, which translated into success academically and a better perception of the school from the outside. Like you said, if you get good coaches in, put a good product on the field, people will come. The problem is when you got coaches out there who – Either A, are not competent and don't do a great job, or B, don't have that go-getter attitude to go find those middle schoolers Hmm. and get them on campus to become freshmen at their high school. That's their opportunity. That's the kids and the parents opportunity to go run to these these private schools and get this perceived superior education, which, you know, a lot of times, Greg and we talked off off air that that's not really the case. It's a perceived better education. A lot of times that's not the case. I graduated from a from a from a private high school and, and it was a perceived better education. It wasn't. It was actually a worse education. Okay? It was perceived uh, a safer and more uh, disciplined school. Actually, it wasn't. We were shooting dice in the art class. <laughs> okay, Never did that in my public school. Private school, you're shooting dice in the art class. Little art teacher couldn't say, couldn't do nothing. So uh, I think there's a lot of misconceptions. I know for me and my kids, uh, my mom's already asking me, you're going to send Austin to Bosco, right? I said, well, hold on, Mom, hold on. I want to send him number A to the school wherever I'm going to end up coaching at because I'm going to coach my son. And B, I want to send him to a public high school. He doesn't always have to go to the best place in the world. He can go somewhere that's average and make them better or make them the best. Be the difference maker. Why do we have to go follow everybody's trend? We got a bunch of followers running around. Nobody wants to be a leader. Nobody wants to step out on their own two feet stand on their own pedestal and say, you know what, I'm going to go here and I'm going to go make the difference and people are going to follow me. Be the Tim Tebow of high school football. People follow him to Florida. You don't have to follow everybody else. And this is no knock against private schools. I just want to see parity. I I don't want to see the super teams, right? We got some super teams out there and they win by 40 points every game. It's, 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 It's no fun.
1: Yeah, no, it's not a level playing field. And you mentioned the super teams. If you talk to anybody in the Trinity League, which is the best league in the country, they will even say we got it's a two-team race right now. Of course, everyone's chasing Meyer. And obviously, to to add to your point, uh, not a level playing field. I mean, coaching salaries between private and public schools way different. Sure, right. So you mentioned you know finding competent high school coaches. So it's it's harder to find a competent public school coach outside of going coach Keith. You know, Coach Keith Miller when you can't pay them even half what a private school coach is making. Yeah. So I would love to see it even out. Um, but the way the trends is going right now, and I'm seeing eighth graders moving into freshmen, and the biggest thing for them is where they're going to school is based on the football program. I don't see that trend changing anytime soon.
0: I need to get back into coaching, Greg. <laughs> I'm starting to get that itch. How about coach my Ocean View
1: Seahawks, man? We need some help over there. Yeah, no. You got to yeah. come back down to Orange County and coach my Seahawks. You got any players? You got zero players. But it doesn't a- matter, Cobb didn't have any players either. You coached them up.
0: That's not going to help us win ball games, Greg. They don't need players, man. They got you. <laughs> no, no, we need come players. On, you showed me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you got to develop players. They'll come to you. They will come to me. So uh, that kind of brings our show to a wrap. We have, Fun show. Fun show, it yeah. It was a great show. It I was a great this show. One. We kind of got some special announcements to share with everybody out there. Uh, if you don't know, we are here recording live at the CBS Studios in the Miracle Mile. And uh, very quickly, I want to share a quick story, Greg. Absolutely. So, for those who don't know, I used to be a school teacher. I used to be a kinesiology teacher at a high school. And one day, and, and this is a true story, I felt like God spoke to me. He says, Keith, you will not be who you want to become unless you give up the comfort that you're in. The next day, I went and resigned from my teaching job. I gave up my $90,000 a year salary. I gave up my full benefits for all three of my kids that I had been doing for 13 years, and I walked away from it. All because God spoke to me, and I had this feat, I had this, this, idea in my head of a podcast. And an epiphany. Had an epiphany. So one day, one evening, I put out a tweet. I'm thinking about starting a podcast. Then I got a guy who reached out to me. He says, Keith, I've got some experience with a podcast. I'd like to help you out. I said, good, let's meet up. We met. He came over to the house. We went to the guitar center, grabbed a computer, grabbed some some microphones. He set it all up for me. And the transparent truth was born. But before it could be born, I had to make one phone call. I made one phone call to a guy that I, I knew, a guy I trusted, A guy I respected. I called up you, Greg Biggins. And I said, hey, Greg, I got this great idea to start a podcast. I got no guarantees, but I believe in it. I know it's going to be successful. Would you be on it with me? Be my co-host. Greg, what'd you say?
1: My first thought was I I thought it was a joke. And I threw out a name. Remember, I'm not going to name the name on air, but I go, you you and this guy would be a great combination. It was a guy that... (laughs) Yeah, we both kind of fought with a few times. And I said, sure, man. it would be fun. Yeah. Talk a ball. Yeah. Talk recruiting. Talk big topical stuff that no one else is gonna talk about. Sure. I never envisioned we'd be right here in the CBS studio with these sweet mics. That's right. Usually have a mic and a coffee cup at the hold up. That's right. This mic with
0: this guy right here. That's right. This is nice. So shout out to our producer Troy. Um, he helped me set up the podcast initially. Shout out to my co-host Greg Biggins. Who jumped on board with me And kind of believed in my vision And uh, after our fourth episode We got contacted By CBS And they said hey we listen to your show We love your show We want to put you on CBS radio So this is our first recording At CBS studios in America Mile We have signed a deal With CBS radio To be a podcast On their platform And radio show and so, this is kind of a, a, a sentimental kind of send-off here, Greg. Um, I'm excited about where we're headed with the podcast, The Transparent Truth, uh, radio show um, and podcast. We've got some terrific things lined up. I've got a lot of great ideas kind of moving forward. And uh, we just want to thank all you listeners out there for subscribing tuning in every Wednesday, showing love, dialoguing about the show. We do not take that for granted. Without you, we would not be here at CBS. So shout out to all you guys listening, showing love. We really appreciate it. We're going to keep pushing the envelope. I'm going to keep being critical about your kids. Greg is going to continue to support them and be positive. But we're going to bring the funk. I'm going to bring the juice. And we're going to keep this thing moving because this this train ain't going to slow down no time soon. So shout out to CBS for bringing us on board. We're really excited about it. But without further ado, we want to bring this show to a close. Please, our social media, at Greg Biggins on Twitter, at Coach Keith underscore MP. Our Instagram, The Transparent Truth Podcast. Our Twitter page, at Trans Truth 92, and our Facebook, tra- our Facebook page, The Transparent Truth 714. Time to bring this thing to a close. We appreciate you listening in. Next week, be listening. We have our season preview show, and we're gonna be moving to two nights a week very, very soon here. It's The Transparent Truth. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name is Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool.